And welcome once again to the Wonderland, folks. It's Friday, it's episode 61, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you might think that after so many episodes, the podcast would, you know, settle down into something a bit sensible and easy to categorise, and, well... I'm very happy to announce that in the light of that possible expectation from the majority of our listeners, there is absolutely no chance of such a thing happening either now or at any time in the future. And if you're new to the podcast, please allow me to briefly introduce myself. I am Jeff Healy. I'm an Australian singer-songwriter and piano entertainer, comedian, amateur barista and all-round human being. Of course, I could say podcaster as well. But that would be stating the bleeding obvious, and I don't think anybody really needs that. But, you know, there are many, 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 many things in life which are broadly considered to be obvious, but which, to some of us at least, are apparently not. And on top of that, things which seem obvious are often considered not worth commenting on. But, you know, it's my considered opinion that many of those things, upon closer examination, can turn out to be not quite as obvious as we had previously thought. Let me give you an example. The phrase, obviously Jeff must be a weirdo to come up with all this rubbish for his podcast. Now, that might sound reasonable enough, but how obvious is it that Jeff is actually a weirdo? Maybe not obvious at all, and therefore it's only an opinion. But how can an opinion be obvious when it is only an opinion? That's my question to you. So when we say obviously, we're really only suggesting that something we are claiming to be obvious is obvious. And that's not going to be obvious to everyone. Obviously. So, good. I'm glad we've sorted that one out. Now, look, there's a tendency for us to want to be prepared for things, isn't there? Whether it's, I don't know, the in-laws visiting or going back to work after a holiday, a nuclear attack. And this actually flies directly in the face of our equally strong tendency to like surprises. I would argue, however, that if we had to make a choice between those two tendencies, we'd go for the preparedness thing every time. Seems pretty logical, right? But before I take this any further, I think we're going to have to shift proceedings to the only forum in which a thing like this can be properly examined. And so, it's all aboard and full steam ahead to theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to the intellectual safe haven that is theory time. Now, logically, if you had to choose, being prepared would, I think, be generally preferable to exposing yourself to the possibility of surprises, particularly nasty ones. I would, though, like to posit the notion that because life is full of surprises, both good and bad, whether we like it or not, we can't actually choose not to be surprised, whereas we can choose to be prepared. But we can't really choose to be prepared for being surprised, can we? I guess that you can be prepared for surprises at, say, Christmas time when you're going to get presents and you don't know what they are, so you're prepared for that. But no matter how prepared we think we can be for unpredictable, unfortunate events, the truth is that life has us woefully outgunned. Hence the existence of insurance companies and, to a lesser extent, religion, both of which offer different types of panacea should the shit really hit the fan. Now, my theory is that because we can't be prepared for everything, 
least of all the bad stuff, we should consider maybe taking on a mentally expectant approach instead, which is actually a sneaky way of, that's right, being prepared. By the way, I have actually touched on this theory in an earlier episode, but every now and then I like to remind you all of the important stuff, so do bear with me. In practice, this is all super easy. You just expect the absolute worst outcome in every situation, making sure that you consciously include the possibility of negative things happening to you at random, and in doing so, you cannot possibly be disappointed in any situation. Not ever. And actually, you'll sometimes have the power to end up feeling good after all. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about those situations where a piano falls on your head or you're attacked in a 7-Eleven by a maniac with a chainsaw. But let's just say you've prepared your morning coffee, you're sitting on the sofa, and then you get distracted by something when the coffee is half full. And by the time you get back to it, the coffee is stone cold. Now, if, like me, you happen to like iced coffee in summer, you just turn the heaters up, close your eyes, and imagine you're at an outdoor cafe on a beautifully warm day, and presto you've managed to effectively stick it right up the god of nasty surprises. Yeah, take that, mofo. Ha! What I'm talking about here, folks, is strategic pessimism. And by embracing our most negative expectations ahead of time, when things do go tits up, and they will, we can often lessen the blow. And not only that, but you can also brag to all and sundry that you knew all along that disaster was around the corner and you've been proven right once again. And I'd call that another Wonderland win. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's it for Theory Time, which has neatly propelled us once again to the musical relief part of the show, Song of the Day. Now, in my capacity as a full-time muso, I'm often asked if I've got a favourite artist or band. Now this is really a very difficult question to answer because I like so much music and so many different types of stuff that I never really know where to begin. So I'll usually say no because it's just too difficult a question to answer in five seconds. But if you were to ask me if I have a favourite German band, the answer is yes, I do. They're known as The Mergers and as one of our Wonderland approved artists, we're going to hear something from them right now. Now this one is one from the band's second album, rather amusingly titled With a Carrot and a Stick, and it's a little number called I'll Never Give It Up. Take a listen.
And that was The Mergers with I'll Never Give It Up. And hopefully they won't. They've also just released a new album, so do check them out on the music streaming services. Now, if you've been following the show for any amount of time, you'll probably know by now that the Wonderland's charter is to help you to get through the bad times. And we all have bad times, right? And as everyone knows, you can't have bad times without... Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Hey Jeff, here we are. We are here again, Kev. Good Times, Kev. Good Times, great times. It's always good times. Good Times, man. Yeah, man. That's what we want, just good times, no bad times. Speaking of good times, Jeff, I don't know, I don't know if you've realised, I mean, you can look at me right now and you say, Kevin, you've devolved. Devolved. Yeah, devolved, yeah. Devolved. I I mean, the dress code has gone... Mm. It's gone to shit. Well, let's face it. Okay, uh, you're talking about the whole COVID thing, and you know, people, you know, not feeling the need to keep themselves special. Yeah, even I mean, even if you look at CNN, people were zooming, you know, uh, segments for the show, and they're like, they're totally underdressed. Like, what's going on? Mm. Well, you know, you know I, I guess. You know, depending on what's going on, dress is probably the last thing that we think of as being important, which in some ways I agree with. However, it's also a bit of a shame. It's also a bit of a shame. Yeah. Imagine if uh, like a CEO came into his uh, boardroom uh, dressed in, I don't know, pajamas, maybe, pajamas, yeah. maybe speedos. He's ready to go for a swim after after work. Or a thong and, and or th- a flip flop. <laughs> that thong, a that thong, 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 thong. A flip flop, a flip flop, not two flip flops. Oh, oh, a flip flop. You mean a? Is that a? That's not a thong. The no, thong goes right up conf- the. I'm trying to confuse you. You, you see, are confusing me. Yes. Yeah, folks. For those of you who don't know, in Australia, we refer to what Americans would call flip flops as thongs. That's what we call them. That's right. Actually, I think we do in Canada, but only certain parts of Canada, like the really nerdy parts of Canada. Where they can only afford to wear thongs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Both on their private parts and on their... But obviously it's not the same Further appendages. If you try to wear an Australian thong on your appendage, then, you know, you may be out for some injury. Thong is a really weird... It's a really weird word. It sounds it's a like strange, you have a, like somebody with a lisp. How would they pronounce that? Um, well, they might say song. <laughs> thong. No, they'd say song. They would say thong. thong. No, song. Thong. Song. Thong. Song. Thong. Song. Thong. Ah! What sort of thing is that? Thing is that song. Thong. Song. That's a, that's a nice thong thong. A thong song. It's not a song thong. That's wrong. No, but I, like I mean, there's th- nothing wrong with people. No, there's nothing. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But the thing is, I like to think in in terms of. Opposites, as you know, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone is saying thong because they cannot say song, then what they mean is thong, not song. Like, does that make sense? No, song, not thong. I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense. I but, don't know. But if you're talking about opposites, let's talk about like Big Jeff and Little Kev. What yeah, about let's that? talk about that. Well, yeah. how much? I'm still. It's still bothering me. It's still bothering you, isn't it? I, it is. I don't know why, but well, it, it, it was meant to bother you, Kev. So I, I would call that a win. That's a Wonderland. That's a, win. that's a wonder, well, wonder, wonderland. <laughs> a wonder win. world. No, no, a wonder no. world. A wonder world. It's only you're not uh, a world yet. Not you're only yet. a wonderland. The wonder world. Wonderland. We're planning to expand, folks. We are <laughs> planning to move into other countries, take them over by force, and soon it will be called the wonder world yeah because yeah. originally you know it was disneyland it was and now it's disney world what's next disney universe disney verse disney oh yeah disney verse huh? no, that's very is that good or verse, is that good yeah, yeah. no verse my that is good, good disney verse poetry disney verse but getting back to the underdressing mm. i mean yeah 
Here I am. I'm in a. I'm in swimmers. Well, is you that, are in swimmers wrong. and a t-shirt. Well, it's not for. Okay, let's let's look at let's put it in context. Okay, you know, you go to the lake, you have a bit of a swim. It's your day off. You're not working. So I think what we're working, what we're wearing right now, which is basically t-shirts and and swimmers, is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. However, I do understand what you're getting at. Like for a CEO to dress in swimmers and a t-shirt, you, you could say, "Who cares? Who gives a rat's?" Great. But your point, Kevin, is my point is this, Jeff. T-shirts are okay, but for instance, you know, if I what's what's with the short sleeve shirt? Well, he's where not... does that fall? Well, because uh... like to be properly dressed, I'll give you an example. If I'm if I suddenly show up in a shirt. Yes. People go, oh my God, you're dressed up. I'm thinking, it's just a shirt. Well, exactly. It's a shirt, but it's a shirt with buttons on it, right? That's and what the, shirts have, yeah. Yeah, well, a t shirt is still a shirt. Yeah, but it's a t shirt. T shirt. Uh, t shirt. The word shirt is in there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so t is the only difference. It's like. If there was no r in, in shirt, what would it be? I can't say it. It's a family show. Is it a No, it's children not a children's show. It's an, no, it's I'm not. sorry. No. It would be I a t shirt. Well, yeah, you're right. If you have buttons, that yeah. should be okay as well, but so, that's also not. R- well, here's the thing, Kev. I reckon that, you know, a shirt with buttons is lovely. With short sleeves, hmm, it falls into an interesting area. Because on one hand, it's looking a bit recreational. On the other hand, it's attempting to look sophisticated. You know, it's like, I'm not a T-shirt. Look, I'm not a T-shirt. I've got buttons. But I'm also not a formal shirt. Because, hey, guess what? No sleeves. And you know what that means, Jeff? What does that mean, Kevin? Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Yes, good times indeed. And I'll be back with Little Kev with more good times before you can read the complete works of Isaac Asimov. So don't miss it. Now, there's something I've been meaning to mention for quite a while. And I was reminded of it again yesterday when I bought a pack of chewing gum. Not just any chewing gum, mind you but a packet of Wrigley's Extra Professional White. Now, I'm sure many of you have seen this product yourselves and wondered what the hell is going on and since when has chewing gum been a career path. But in order to expand on this idea properly, I don't think we've got any choice but to now make our way directly. And without further ado, to... Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something I think it was the thought of the day I think, I think it was the thought of the day And welcome to this special, rather minty and surprisingly refreshing edition of Thought of the Day So, yeah, professional chewing gum I got a couple of issues with this Firstly, if this is a professional chewing gum There must also be an amateur chewing gum To cater for the less qualified chewers right? The thing is, I've looked and I've looked and I'm buggered if I can find any. So I think it's only a matter of time before Mr. Wrigley cops a massive lawsuit from an inexperienced chewer who has been tragically unable to handle the high-grade nature of this product. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if this is a professional product, then unskilled chewers should obviously be steering well clear of it. I mean, You wouldn't put a learner driver behind the wheel of a Formula One car, would you? But there it is at the supermarket checkout, within easy reach of children and God knows who else, essentially being made freely available to anyone of any age with a pulse, 
and mark my words, a mastication fatality is merely a matter of time. And yes, there's that word again, mastication, which means chewing. So once again... You two, for the last bloody time, stop the snickering, okay? Your parents are going to hear about it and you'll spend the rest of your freaking lives in detention. Do I make myself clear? All right. Sorry about that. Where was I? Oh, yes, okay. Secondly, professional means something from which one earns money, right? So there are clearly places where people are employed to do nothing all day but chew gum. That's it. And there are clearly now university courses in gum chewing, and there are people graduating and being hired to chew at a very high level for a living. Now, I've had a bit of trouble trying to figure out how any commercial enterprise could turn a profit from paying employees to do nothing but chew gum. And as far as I know, the most useful thing that chewing gum does is to produce saliva. And so I can only conclude that just as the brilliant Steve Jobs almost single-handedly created a multi-billion dollar market for the iPhone, a product nobody was even asking for, it is a matter of time before mass-marketed saliva becomes the next sensation in the global marketplace. It's the only explanation that makes any sense, because as Steve Jobs discovered, if you market something properly, people are going to decide that they want it, whether they need it or not. So who knows? Will top quality bottled saliva be the next must-have item for everyone who wants to be someone? Well, only time will tell. On a related note, I recently also made another surprising discovery at the supermarket, professional toilet paper. No, I am not making it up. And so now, whenever I hear someone talking about their shitty job, I realise that they're probably not so much complaining about as merely explaining their particular line of work. Seriously though, look, I reckon we should be taking a cautionary approach to this product as well. And my advice is to stay away from it and stick to the standard three-ply. That is, unless you, I don't know, defecate at a professional, or at the very least, a semi-professional level. Competitively, possibly. In any case, we here at the Wonderland see ourselves as a community watchdog of sorts, and you can rest assured that we will continue to do our utmost in warning you of these potentially hazardous products, because the last thing we want to see are horrible injuries to your teeth, your bottoms, or any other part of your anatomy, which could have been avoided. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And on that responsible and safety-conscious note, we say farewell to thought of the day and today's show. Thanks once again to Kevin McGowan, Donald Dingle Dangle Dongle, or whatever his bloody name is, for his essential contribution to our award-winning Good Time segment. Thanks for listening, people. And don't forget, we'll be back next week with the season finale. So be careful with those sharp objects. Don't eat the yellow snow, and I'll be talking to you again real soon. As in next Friday on another astonishing episode of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland.